and welcome to the year anniversary episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I'm joined by Nikki. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a bit coldy, hence the snuffle, but I'm good. I like it. It suits you. Mm, It's going to be deep. But it's uh, it's pretty insane that it's been a year. It is. It doesn't feel like it's been a year, which I think is a good thing. Probably. Mm-hmm. We've done well. We're one years old. We are potentially able to poop by ourselves now. I don't know. I don't understand babies. Can you poop at a year? Probably not. She just, I should never reproduce. I mean, I think you can always poop. Well, by yourself. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think what I meant to say was like, are you potty trained? I don't think you are. I need a biology lesson. That's okay. I'm with you. Maybe we've got teeth. Somebody let us know. We don't understand. We're one and we don't know what to do. What should we be doing? I think that's a good assessment. I think that's nice. We're a year old and you don't know what to do yet. Yeah, but it's going well. We've done episodes. People have liked the episodes and we're still here. So I guess that's good. Yeah. Five minutes before this episode, I made a Nikki's news drop. Yes. So let's get straight into that and find out all about Nikki's news. It's Nikki's news tab. That took me five minutes, so I hope you're pleased. Is that my voice? Yeah. I got it from the, I think it was the most influential episodes one, where you um you did like a fake drop for me and said, it's Nikki's news time. And I always said that I was going to use that. You can play it again if you really want. <laughs> oh, no, once is enough. I'm good. But that was um, fantastic. Yeah, I'm what getting quite good at editing, which is good. Because this is going to be in line with our news, which mm. is we're going to start a Patreon soon. Yeah. And there's going to be bonus episodes, which I'm going to try and edit. Yeah, Nikki's... Badly. <laughs> Nikki's stepping up and helping with the editing, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um. So we're going to have a few different kind of bonus episode formats. I think the first one that we're going to have is... Oh, I've, I've aptly named it Chat Till 5, because I'm just going to keep riding on that Till 5 branding. Yeah. Um, we're just going to be chatting about various gaming topics, so it will be a lot more like a looser form. We're not going to have any lists. We get a break from lists. Yeah. We can just talk about random general gaming topics. Could be anything. Literally yeah. anything. Could be talking about gaming toilets, which is something we always say is a hypothetical thing. Exactly. Um, we're also going to have retro game review, where we're going to pick really rubbish retro games and play them a bit and then talk about it. That could be fun. Maybe not. I don't know yet. Uh, we're also gonna, <laughs> we're also going to have Game Tour 5 After Dark, which is something we've mentioned a lot, because they're basically going to be episodes where we get really fucking drunk and try and do a top five out of the blue. Yeah. This is something we've done once, but never actually uh, revealed to the listeners, um, mostly for our own safety and our sanity of editing. But one day, soon, you'll, you'll that, get to That will be that. one of the first After Darks that will come out, mm. and you'll probably regret the money that you've thrown towards us <laughs> yeah you can pay for it i think you're gonna be happy about it but you can um, one and we but there'll be other grateful. stuff too yeah and maybe what's on us will do two bonus episodes in one month who knows we don't know but that'll be coming this. in the near future there'll also be a chance to get stickers so yeah if stickers. you want stickers look into that yeah that's it for nikki's news that that's, that's it it was an exciting episode of nikki's news i have to admit yeah it was a that's my that's the new drop for Nikki's news. It's gonna play every time I have news. If I don't have news, there's no point. But yeah, you only you like get it. it if news is 
present. Maybe a rarity. Mm. Maybe a sacred gem. <laughs> Lost but anyway, in the time why are we here? To, oh yeah, so today's episode, to celebrate the fact that me and Nikki have remained friends throughout this debacle of a podcast, uh, we're doing top five video game friendships. We're setting yes. sail on the variable friendship. Now, I may have people saying, what's the difference between like companions that you did at one point a little while ago? And I'll tell you, basically, my difference is it's not going to be anything that's romantic. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be family based. It can be. I'm not saying if you've put that in your list, it's OK. But no, I, I think, think away. I think it's it's meant to be between the friendship between certain characters, whether that be like humbling, funny, adorable. I don't know. Just, just anything that's kind of like it's like chemistry between between characters. I think, and I yeah. just think that's quite a nice topic. And I also think like the difference between companions side that we did and the friendship is companions were based on people in games that you kind of took with you on your adventures, whereas sometimes I think friendships you don't always take with you. Like they're not yes. always playable characters. They're not always people who join you on your quest. They're just people who are, you meet on your quest sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. So it's going to be a very interesting episode. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. It's going to be a weird one, but a good one. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And with that, um, I think we should just get into it today. Yep. Let's go. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. That is the top five drop. It's a yes. thing that happens. That means that we, we start now. It does. Um, obviously, same normal rule of crossover applies. If me or Nikki say a thing that is also on the other's list, we hear this wonderful gentleman. Oh! Awesome. Yeah. I don't think we will. No, you're confident no. this week. I'm very confident. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Um, in which case, I don't really have any backups. So here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, so so your confidence just stems from not being prepared for this episode. Pretty much. Mm. Um, I don't have very many facts either. And I'm not going to delve too much into the actual games themselves, but more just sort of with on the characters. So I've gone against my normal way this time with hardly having any facts. But it's very difficult to get appropriate facts for something like this because it's more it's more an opinion of like yeah. how you've seen people together and that kind of shit. So is it my turn to go I think first? it is. I think you All can right. go first this week. So my first two are a little bit odd, mm. but we'll go into this. So my number five is the friendship between Tiny Tina and Roland from Borderlands. Oh, nice. Yep, not a crossover. A weird one that I dwelled on for a long time because they're not characters that you play. And that for me is like something that I really wanted to make sure I was encompassing because I feel like a lot of friendships, people are looking at people like characters that you actually physically play. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, this was just a really nice friendship to kind of observe. Um, so if anyone that doesn't know, they're from Borderlands 2. And Tiny Tina is a crazy, adorable psychopath who's slightly obsessed with explosions and bombs. She's great. And um, Roland is her friend, so he's one of the leaders of the Crimson Raiders. And from the kind of get-go, you can kind of tell that they've mentioned that they're friends and things like that. Um, and apparently he's he, he did say that he saved her life a few times, and she has saved mine more times than I can count. 
he uh, or she has a picture of them together in her room. It's adorable. They're just cute. For anyone that oh, doesn't know, Teen Heine is like 13, 12. She's like a kid. Um, and he is an adult. It's not weird. But <laughs> it's okay. I had to say that. It's fine. It's probably um, more weird think, that you've mentioned that it was not weird. I think, I think so. I might do that a few times in this list. Um, I think it's quite a paternal relationship it's quite like a, a dad one i think hmm. for anyone that has played borderlands tiny tina's definitely she, like her parents died when she was young and i think by by bandits and so she's a little bit messed up and i think potentially roland is that kind of father figure it's not fully mentioned in many places i've tried to find like a true backstory for them but it just seems to indicate that they were good friends but one of the reasons why i i picked them was mostly due to the dlc in borderlands 2 uh, which is called the Assault on Dragon Keep, and the reason being is I'm going to have to spoil Borderlands Two. So if you have played Borderlands Two, go play it or pause or fast forward. I don't know, um, because Roland does die in Borderlands Two, which is very upsetting, oh. and Tiny Tina has a real problem getting over it. Bless her. So she creates like uh, basically Dungeons and Dragons for all the characters as like a DLC, and you kind of go into like a fantasy world and everything changes, and you're sort of within that world. And really, um, it's it's her way of dealing with the tragic loss of her dear friend because she puts Roland in the game and he's alive. And by the end of it, like he saves the day. He's like this legendary knight um, who's like the prominent figure in the story. Uh-huh. And he's like, she makes it very clear. Like, he's like, he survived. He's alive. And everyone's kind of like, she's constantly saying that Roland's alive, Roland's alive. And everyone's kind of like, no, Tina, like he's not like, he, you know, and she's like refusing to believe it. And as a character, I think, that's normally quite peppy and crazy and doesn't really seem like an emotional character, when you kind of go through all of this, you see how she's really just trying to keep, like, his memory alive. Yeah. And it's just, it's so sad. And it just kind of shows that even though Tiny Tina is is this strong, badass figure, she really is kind of just, you know, just trying to escape and deal with the horror of losing a person she loved. And it's just, I don't know what it is. I think it's quite a heartbreaking friendship there. And it just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So Borderlands does have have a deep side to it, and I don't think I don't know. Just I don't know what it is, but Tiny Tina and Roland just their friendships just kind of stood out for me. Yeah, it sounds like a really cute friendship. It's almost like a little bit father and daughtery, but like you said, because they're not related. It's just cute. So it was a bit. It was a weird one for me. It was a bit of a red herring that I just thought I'd stick in there. I don't have any facts because it's so hard to find relevant facts that aren't just about like characters and yeah. And things like that. Um, I do actually have one thing that I remembered reading, which was apparently there was going to be one scene. It might have been in the DLC where actually like you walk into a room and she's like having a breakdown about it. And you actually like see her being really emotional, and really sad. Uh, but they cut that out because they were like, maybe it's not that appropriate. Um, it's a bit deep for Borderlands, really, I guess. It is. I feel like they were apparently they regretted it a little bit. But I feel like maybe they should kind of just leave it as the way that they did it. Because it is quite a nice emotional journey to kind of go on in a way like the way yeah. it's kind of covered as it is like playing D and and going for a lot and it being almost comedic but then at the same time oh like you yeah. know yeah so, it's got that level in there oh that's a good that's one that's why i picked them i like it i like your first one i think yeah that's gonna be similar to how i've kind of gone with my first one it's not probably the most obvious or one on many lists normally mm. um but i've gone with oliver and drippy from nino cooney uh rapper of the oh. white witch just because nice. It, again, it's kind of like uh, Oliver's quite a young kid and Drippy, although a fairy, has a presence of being an older kind of dad figure, if you know what I mean. Um, his voice is a bit older, I guess, than Oliver's. 
Um, but it's just a really cute little friendship that they kind of get. Um, Drippy is kind of first brought to life when Oliver cries onto his stuffed toy. And then Drippy kind of appears. And he's a little bit insulting because he's just like, stop crying, crybaby bunting. <laughs> stop uh, crying, you little bitch. Yeah, basically, he just yells at him quite a lot in a beautiful Welsh accent, which just kind of is was a surprise when I found out that he was going Welsh. I'm not going to lie to you. I tried my darndest to try and change that voice um, into oh, Japanese. No. Because I hated that voice. It I wanted was... to punch Drippy straight in the nose. What? It's like one of my favourite reasons. I love that he's Welsh. I've hidden this from you for a so long time. It so much better. <laughs> I find it to be like almost funnier and better because it's in Welsh than anything else. It, so is, it is good. I, I do like it, but I think it was like... I think it took a long time for me to, to accept it and to, to deal with it. And eventually I was okay with it. But it was just, I remember just for a long time, I was just like, I hate this. It <laughs> just took you a while. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, yeah, because Oliver gets other friends along the way. He's got like Esther and Swain who join him. And then uh, the other kind of magician guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but I don't know. The one with Drippy is the first one. And it's kind of like the most connected. The Lord High Lord of the Fairies. It's just my favourite. Um, I'm the same as you. I don't really have much else to say about it, just other than it's just quite a cute friendship. Um, Drippy kind of helps him a lot, like to grow up, which is quite a lot of what Oliver needs because he is such a young kid at the start. He loses his mom, which is sad. Um, but yeah, as it kind of goes along, he helps him kind of accept a lot of more of the darker things. It's quite a dark game in places. This one. Oh, it is for sure. Like when you actually realize like the subtext of the game, it's really dark. Yeah. And like what's actually going to happen and finishing it just kind of, and I think Loft, um, Lofty, that's the other one. Uh, Drippy's uh, relationship with him just kind of helps him deal with it and makes it almost a little bit more lighthearted than I think probably it would have been. And um, yeah, it's just yeah, a really sure. enjoyable one. Um, I only have one fact uh, and that is about Drippy. Uh, and he is voiced by a man named Stefan Roddy. I'm going to say that totally. Rod Rodri. I'm so sorry. Um, it's but I know this guy from. I think he's in Harry Potter, but he's also. Um, if you've ever watched Gavin and Stacey, he's Dave of Dave Coaches. Oh my god! Wait, which, I need to, I need to have a look at this. Which is one of my favorite like sitcoms. If you've not watched Gavin and Stacey, it's brilliant. Um, and there's going to be a Christmas special this year. Which I'm. What was his name about. again? Uh, Stefan Rodri, R H O D D R I. She's just Googling, don't person. worry. We can pause the podcast what? here. <laughs> Wait, did you say it was the coach driver? Yeah, the coach driver from Dave's Coaches. Oh, okay, that guy. See, he actually does look a lot like Drippy in real life, if Drippy was to be a human. You reckon? Yes. I like it. Maybe because of the mustache, facial hair. I think so. Yeah. And his nose is similar. Hmm. With a light on the end. Saying that. I mean, guys, hopefully not listening to our podcast. <laughs> I think it'll be a, quite a stretch. Um, but yeah, so that's my number five. Awesome. So let's go on to my number four, which is a weird one again. Right. Um, and that is, it's going to be from Broken Sword. But oh, not what okay. you think. It's going to be the relationship between George Stobart, the main protagonist. And Dwayne and Pearl Henderson. Who are Dwayne and Pearl Henderson? You've played Broken Sword, right? Or not? Like bits of it, yeah, but not okay. enough like you have. So, Dwayne and Pearl Henderson are American tourists that always show up wherever George goes. They have their little camera 
they have their little Hawaiian shirts and their socks and their sandals. Uh, they just, they're just Girl. everywhere. Like it's just an uncanny way of just always being there. And it's always like one of those things where it's like, it's such a nice thing. You never know if they're going to be in a game or not. You never know if you're going to bump into to Dwayne and Pearl, but when you do, you're just like, ah, this is good. This, this makes <laughs> me happy. Um, so to give like a little bit of a backstory, um, obviously this is the game Broken Sword, but George Dobart is normally doing something to solve crimes or some kind of mystery. And they they always turn up. So they're, they are American tourists. They're often traveling. Uh, and Dwayne is is quite funny. I can't really describe him physically. But if you if you Google Dwayne Henson, Henderson, Broken Sword, you'll understand. Um, he, he's always saying he's a CIA agent, which is very unbelievable when you look at his stature and his general being. Um, and he has a wife, he's called Pearl, and they both run a greetings card company located in Akron, Ohio. They're just adorable. I can't really explain much more than that, other than they're just, they're so, they're just quite humbling. I think that's kind of the best way to describe them. And they always help you out. Like, they'll always go out of their way to help you, to do you favours, or just, I don't know, just be there to give you some kind of nice little cute story about their greetings card company or read you funny greetings card lines i mean like, just i've just cute. i've just googled them and they've and... got like matching faces and matching glasses almost <laughs> it's fantastic yeah i i just they're just so adorable and i think for me like the reason why i picked it as like a friendship is just because it's just one of those ones where it's so random it's not really like what you'd expect yeah but it's like they ended up you know seeing each other on these like far corners of the world and whenever they do it's just like they're always so happy to see each other and it's just it's just a great little little friendship they got going on yeah that's the kind I of think... nice that you just run into them every so often yeah you sometimes need that familiarity in the game somewhere like just running into a random person it's like murray in um like monkey island you just he appears every so often and you're just really yeah. happy to see him exactly and in broken sword 2 i think it is they really help you out and getting out of a tricky situation and and then you see them in the later game as well so broken sword 5 the one that came out a few years ago and it's just they're just a part of broken sword they're like an integral part of it now where in my opinion it's just not a good broken sword unless pearl and Dwayne are there <laughs> unless they appear claiming yeah. to be many things I did get a couple of sort of facts. One of mm-hmm. them is more just the speculation of whether Dwayne is a CIA agent. Um, apparently, Pearl tells you at one point that Dwayne was in the Marines in Vietnam and he got a medical discharge and now he gets confused and he gets paranoid and thinks it's a spy or something. So this is so debated whether or not Dwayne is actually this spy or not. There's so many things that kind of like lead you to think, oh, maybe he is or maybe he's not. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just funny they've never actually answered it. Yeah, like a but, conspiracy theory within yeah. the game. But maybe Pearl is telling the truth here and the fact that he did used to be in the Marines and now kind of maybe because he's got like PTSD or something, maybe he struggles and he gets paranoid and thinks that he's still in like the CIA or the Marines or whatnot. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's deep. That is. That's interesting. I've also got another really interesting fact, which has been they have been married for 30 years. Ah, what is that? Yeah. Do we know what like wedding anniversary that would be? Don't know, but you go, Pearl and Dwayne. Yeah, I'm glad that love is still alive in the Henderson family. And there's another cute fact, which is in Broken Sword, The Smoking Mirror, when George is speaking with Dwayne, he claims that he told his wife if they ever had a child, they would want to call him George. Aww. I think they're past childbearing age, but I guess if they ever (laughs) did have a child, they would have called him George. Nikki judging on the character oldness. Well, Um, I mean, they can adopt and call a child George. I just, my point is like, 
I think maybe they're saying more in a hypothetical sense if they ever did have a kid. Yeah. They would have called him George, which is adorable. It's a cute sentiment, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's why I picked them. I just, like I said, I think sometimes like even just friendships could just even be seeing like a familiar face, someone that pops up and just makes you smile or you just, you're looking forward to like the interactions between them because yeah. you know they're genuine and it's just, it's just quite a nice thing to have, I think, especially when the game is getting quite dark or quite serious. To have a Pearl and Dwayne is just, it's just great. It's what everyone hopes to have in their I want lives a Pearl and Dwayne and in, in my life. I know. But you're right, that is the kind of thing with, with these videos, that's probably how I judge them uh, of whether to put people on my list, of whether I waited or look forward to seeing them again in a game and their interactions yeah. and stuff. Exactly. Nice. Well, it's a very wholesome, wholesome yes. entry. Um, I'm going to kind of continue the wholesomeness, and I feel yeah. like you're going to tell me off for cheating a little bit, but hear me out. Um, so I have chosen, as my number four, Link... And various races and friends that he has. So that's just like being like Mario and party. No, okay. The difference is, is Link has too many people that help him along the way, and I couldn't choose one specific one because he doesn't really. Link doesn't give anybody anything particularly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's a terrible friend. He's a terrible friend, but everyone else in the world not so much. So I, I have listed out specific people. Um, but again, I couldn't really think that they would like narrow down enough because I, I think that when I play Zelda, I'm always looking forward to seeing multiple different people. There's not like one particular character that I'm like, this has to be in here. You know what I mean? Okay. Kind so of. it's like, I'm kind of talking about things like the Gorons and the Zoras and Gerudos and the fairy boys, um, as I've named them, rather than like really specifics like Navi and King of Red Lions and that kind of thing. Because although like those guys in the characters and stuff in the games are like tend to be your friends, I think that Link's ones with the actual like races that are in there are probably more my favorite than any one specific like person that you meet, like Fee okay. and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's just because every time I start a Zelda game, I'm just excited to see which world kind of race is going to be in there. Like I really yeah, like the okay. ones, and I really like. So you're kind of saying like and... friendship with like the species overall. Yeah. That kind of spans time and space. Exactly. He's always like looking after the the people, like all the little fairy people, um, and all the like Maycar and those kind of things. More like less just Maycar and more the race. I mean, of... I would have probably included Maycar because Maycar is a badass. Well, Maycar is a badass, but this is what I mean. Like there are so many you could name, like Navi and Gapora Kapora. Oh, the but. I don't know. For me, it's it's things like Gorons and the Rutos and Zoras and that kind of thing. I know what you mean. I always get really excited about that too. Like whenever a new one comes out, like the Breath of the Wild that I played not long ago, like I was just so excited to see like how everything had kind of evolved um, yeah. and what it was like now. That, that is cool. And I also think that there are some characters that are in every like game, but change kind of their form. Like Kapora Gabora, the owl, we have like theories that he's in like every Zelda game, right? Mm -hmm. Or most of yeah. them, because like he's definitely in Skyward Sword as like Gabora. He's like the principal, right? Or 
yeah he's something. like the, the king of the or like head of the tribe because yeah. he just looks like him and he laughs like oh, and then he's like the king of red lions as well right moonwaker yeah there's but... a theory that he's in that one as well there like the, he just kind of is there in some form mm. but he's never like just one set thing he's never always an owl like i'm playing um link's awakening at the moment and he's the owl in that but also he could not be the owl in another one <laughs> so he might be he might not be exactly it was confusing and i couldn't just pick him because i was like well sometimes he's fucking out and sometimes he's not what do you choose <laughs> so yeah it's a bit of a weird one it's also dependent on i think people's like for different races um but yeah so that that was my that was my theory on that one um i have a couple of facts about um some of the races not many, okay. only like two. Um, so the name Goron comes from the Japanese onomatopoeia of Goro Goro, which is the sound of a rolling rock. Is it? Apparently. I this mean, I suppose if you say it really low and really fast. Well, I mean, it's, it's what it is in Japanese, right, now, but... right? So like they have different onomatopoeia oh, okay. for um, That's like true. mice and things like that. Yeah, didn't we didn't we speak about like the Pikachu thing as well the other day? Yeah, because Choo Choo is the name Choo. mice mice do in Choo Choo, Je- motherfucker. like Japanese. I remember this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got really into Thomas the Tank Engine and it just diverged. <laughs> we went on a tangent, like we're doing now. Yeah. Um, and then my 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 second fact is a Nikki related fact, in that oh my god, you have an axolotl, and its name is Zora. I do. Yeah. I do. Is that your fact? <laughs> yeah. I thought the listeners. I also, I also had a chameleon. You did called name Maker. Maker, yeah, and another chameleon called Midna. But I didn't want to bring them up. Why? Sadly, no longer with us. No, it's still fine. We can still talk about them. Okay. They were my friends. I know. They were Nikki's friends. Nikki's companions in this world. Exactly. Doesn't really like me. (laughs) But I, I understand where you're going with it. I get it. It's good. Thanks. It's like it's like Link's friendships with all these other peoples yeah his span across the different races of hyrule i'll allow it thanks because it's going <laughs> in i didn't prepare anything else <laughs> it's fine we're definitely not gonna have a crossover i'm sure unless um, it's my number one which may be the crossover yeah i think the closer we get to the top the more likely we are are we are we done with your four? Yeah, we're done with my four. We can move on now. Oh, we're get, we're speeding through this like a we are. like a choo choo train. I'm glad that we got there at the same time. Well done. Yeah, it took me a moment to just actually think. Am I going to say this? I do that a lot. Am I going to make? Where this I'm joke? like, oh, it's coming out. <laughs> it's just it's left my voice. It's left my body. I can't do anything it's about it. It's out there now. Yeah. So my number three. Mm-hmm. This is more of a heartwarming friendship. Oh, and it's between Carl and Marcus from Detroit Become Human. Oh, that's a cute. Now, one. to me, this is the cutest friendship in a video game ever. So, Carl Manfred is a human in Detroit Become Human. He is probably like seventy, I think seventy-five, and mm. he's awesome in himself. He's a painter, and he's got covered in tattoos. Um, and if you don't know much about Detroit Become Human, it's about robots becoming conscious. Yeah. becoming well, human yeah well yeah becoming like aware of themselves and conscious yeah, and aware. having feelings and and emotions and stuff so he owns um an rk200 
android who is called Marcus. And Marcus basically looks after him because um, unfortunately Carl is a paraplegic and seems to have other unnamed medical conditions. So Marcus basically sort of acts as his nurse and assistant. Marcus is also sexy. So if you didn't Marcus know. Marcus is a sexy creature. So <laughs> Carl treats Marcus as if he were his son. He does cute things as well. Like he teaches Marcus to paint and exposes him to literature and music and sort of developing his spirit, which is which is odd in the world of Trope Human because most people treat robots like dirt. The bastards. Yeah. They treat them like machines when really we know they're, that they're probably... They're, yeah, they have feelings, yeah. man. Yeah, they do. Um, and Marcus is one of them. Marcus does obviously develop feelings because this is the whole plot of the game. Um, and it's, it's worth noting as well that, that Carl has a real son called Leo, who's a dick. Yeah. And Leo is addicted to red ice, which is like a, a drug in the world and is always in and out of sobriety. I think I read that Leo like didn't find his father till he was a little bit older, but apparently their relationship's always been pretty shit. Uh, and Leo is quite jealous of Marcus and Carl's relationship as well and believes that Carl treats Marcus better than him and that Carl is perfect. Which is... Whereas he is not. Kind of true. He does treat Marcus better. But then Marcus isn't a dick. Well, that's just true. And, you know, I just I just think that Leo is just a knob, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm with you. Some things happen as well, mm. which lead the story in a certain direction. Slightly heartbreaking things. But I think one of the reasons why I picked their relationship was just because it is just really adorable. And it just does look like it's just a really humbling friendship. Because, like, Carl really genuinely enjoys Marcus's company. And obviously not that we really know at the beginning, but you can kind of tell that Marcus does care for for Carl. And I think the interesting thing about their friendship as well is Carl is really one of the first and few human characters to treat androids with respect and kindness. And he does show genuine concern for Marcus as well, like when he's been assaulted and attacked and, and treated badly like they are. And the fact that he does encourage Marcus to kind of have through thought and, and like look inside himself. And you can kind of assume that maybe Carl kind of knew that Marcus was capable of having free thought and emotions. Yeah. I feel like that's something that's potentially implied. And just kind of as the game progresses and you just see the way that Marcus cares for him and just the conversations that they have and... I don't know, it's just it's just such a sweet and innocent and just lovely friendship. That is a really nice one, because I, al- I will say I almost put in another friendship from this game mm. in my list, and I didn't. But I didn't because it's not a particularly nice friendship, and I think it's not a friendship that everyone gets, depending on how they act, is between Connor and Hank. Right, yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Because depending forget. on how you act with Hank, he either hates you and murders you quite a few times, or you kind of become quite bro-y uh, and it's yeah. quite sweet in the end. But it didn't because it's, like you said, it's not as wholesome as, as Marcus's. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, their relationship, like you said, is quite innocent and they're trying to help each other, really. Yeah, it's just very pure, I think. Mm, definitely. And it's it's just quite sweet as well. Like, someone like Carl, who is, you know, in his 70s and you know, almost at the end of his life, who does require a lot of help, has someone like Marcus there to kind of keep him company and look after him, just have conversation. It's it's just really sweet. And I think it just touched my heartstrings that, and I just thought I, could, I couldn't put this in. Could yeah. not put this in. That was a good one. Yeah. It's a nice one, for sure. They're just lovely. And also, one thing I like about Carl is the fact that he has tattoos. And it reminded me, and made me think of the fact that when we're all old people, like our generation... Will when we're all old and like 17, 18, we're all gonna have tattoos too. And it's just it just made me think this is 
This is cool. Carl yeah. is cool. We're going to look badasses with our robot humans that are going to help us do shit. Yeah. We're going to teach them art. And yeah, if we're lucky, we'll get someone like Marcus, who is a sweetheart and sexy. <laughs> I was going to say, and also, easy on the eyes. <laughs> our My blind little fact. eyes. <laughs> My only fact, which is a shit fact, um, was that the voice actor that plays Carl is also Admiral Stephen Hackett in Mass Effect. Oh, of course that was literally like. I can kind of see it now. Well, I had to say. He's also a very renowned actor, mm. and he's played a lot of roles in Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh my god. Why is this... A TV why show is this, and everything. Uh, I was... <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine themed episode. Why is this being brought up? I don't know. It was just happened to just be here. I was just scrolling, and I was just like looking at all of his... Um, on IMDb as you do, looking at all his stuff. And it was just Thomas the Tank Engine after Thomas the fucking Tank Engine. I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> um, there's other things too. He's do, a very notable do, actor. Do, I don't just don't do, tar him do, with that brush. Do. <laughs> um, that's really it. That That's why I picked them. They're just yeah. lovely. And if you've played the game, you'll probably understand. And if you haven't, get ready because you're going to feel things. It is a very feeling game for sure. Yes. And like you said, I think this is a good example of one of those feels to do with yep. friendship. It's lovely. Mm. Oh, well, that was a nice wholesome one again. Well, we are talking about friendship. This is true. This is true. One day we'll do top five rivalries. That'll be a fun one. Oh. Um, no, can't think of anything on the top of my head. <laughs> we'll all get there one day, don't worry. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, um, the longer we have on that list, the better, I think. <laughs> uh, that'll be when we're probably ending the podcast and hate each other. And we're like, right, let's get down to business. Yeah celebrate celebrate that <laughs> end of end of 15 years <laughs> so that was my number three which means we're on to your number three. Oh, so my number three is jack and daxter from okay. many jack and daxter games mm-hmm. uh it's a classic sony partnership here um they start off as a pretty cute and cuddly little team the games get a little bit darker as they go on, but I'm kind of focusing on the first one because that's the one I kind of remember playing most, the Precursors Legacy, which started on PS2 back in, I think, 2001, 2011? 2011. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, but I think it's just a really nice team. They're a very classic team. They're very kind of, you've got the straight talking guy and then the funny wisecracking guy, kind of a bit Han and Chewy-like um you know it's it's that very much it's like a very classic one that you see in a lot of different games or in a lot of different media but it works really well um and i think this these guys do do that kind of trope justice um jack is kind of definitely the more straight kind of silent kind of guy and then daxter the otzel which is a cross between a weasel and an otter i found out um is is more the wisecracking little kind of sidekick but they do really help each other like there are bits that jack obviously does most of the game because you kind of play as him but then also daxter kind of helps you quite a lot and he gets in through things and he's quite useful like he's not just this random sidekick that you kind of have lobbing around you all the time it he does a lot for jack and actually um it's quite a testament to their friendship that they stay as close as they do because it's revealed that jack actually turns daxter into an otzel originally he was a human his human best friend and then he pushes him in a vat of something and he turns into an otzel so i i'm i'm impressed that they've managed to stay friendly oh, wow. i'm not sure if i'd yeah. forgive you nikki for doing it to me uh i don't think i would either to be honest yeah i think that's fair 
I mean, unless you fed me and looked after me, then we'd be cool. Okay, noted. <laughs> you can tell me to any animal you want, as long <laughs> as you look after me. As long as you feed me. I think that is a the set of my friendship is food. Yeah, fine, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just a nice game uh, that kind of explores that friendship in quite a classic way. It's like a platforming game and it's kind of set in the time when platformers were around like the same kind of time as Ratchet and Clank and those kind of things. So there's a lot of those kind of duos that were hanging around at that time. Um, but these guys, I think, were really, they had a really interesting game and they had a really interesting friendship and it continued through the other games and stuff and even as the game kind of got darker that that friendship was was still you know fairly solid um i don't know how much jack and daxter you've played i haven't played any i don't know anything about it to be honest like i do i know what you mean when i when you say sort of things like ratchet and clank kind of that element to it um i didn't realize it was developed by naughty dog yeah so it was kind of like their one they did after um crash like he was kind of their almost new mascot for the new era of PlayStation 2, because I think it was one of the very early PlayStation 2 games yeah. that they brought out. Um, and I remember I played it like much later into the PS2's life. I think I don't think I had it when it first came out because I wasn't really sure because it looked a bit like shootery and that kind of thing. And obviously there are a lot of shooter elements, but in its core, it's mostly like a platformer puzzle. But it was kind of cool in the sense of that it had a lot of different stuff going on. Like you could drive stuff i think even then they made like a driving game for it later on um and you could shoot things and do lots of different things like i said daxter had quite a big thing to do where he could do a lot of going through smaller gaps and stuff for you i think he even got his own spin-off game at some point um but it was one of the first games i think i found out that used a more open world kind of thing and there weren't really any loading game like loading scenes it wasn't like kind of like spyro where you enter a level or crash where you go into a level and then you do that level and you come out into like a home world it was kind of just like all set in the the big home world kind of area it was a very cool cool. game for its time um those are some impressive ears yes they are i think he was supposed to be a bit wolf-like or something i read but um eventually they just kind of scrapped it and made him more human but you could chop someone's head off with those (laughs) just knife ears yeah oh that's that's insulting to elven races i didn't mean like that Oh, I get really offended when I'm in Dragon Age and someone calls me knife ears if I'm an elf. I didn't mean to insult the elven people. It's more just that they almost look like <laughs> Probably a you've sharp done this. sword. We're going to get shut down. Oh, elves aren't real. It's fine. <laughs> this is where we have like thousands of complaint letters from the elven race. Look, my point is he has really big ears and I feel like if he was in a house and he was walking around, he'd probably knock some things off. But the thing is though, I wouldn't say they're realistic elf ears because they really stick out. Like they're more, I don't know what those are, but they're not your typical elf ears. So don't come at me. I love elves. My ears are really big in real life and they stick out. Okay. Don't at Nikki. She doesn't give a shit about your elf ears. <laughs> no. That's the, the new starts at Game Till 5. Um, My point is, it looks like a great game. <laughs> it is. It's good. Um, some facts. I'm just going to move you away from uh, insulting <laughs> fictional races. Um, so originally, Naughty Dog wanted Chris Rock uh, to voice Daxter, but he refused. Oh, so, okay. Was Do you know why that. he refused? No, didn't give me any insight. I think maybe at the time getting celebrities into video games probably wasn't as big a deal as it is now. You know what I mean? 
No, it definitely, like, it wasn't, like, a big thing. I mean, until, like, Danny Dyer, you know, was in GTA. Um... <laughs> what? <laughs> that what clearly led the way. Out of nowhere. <laughs> that clearly led the way. They were like, wow, look Don't at Danny go. Dyer go. Even I'm going to get on this train. <laughs> Trendsetter. <laughs> Trendsetter Dyer, they call him. But the point is, yeah, celebrities weren't really in video games for a very long time. Like, yeah. it only started happening sort of when video games became a lot more popular. Yeah, and probably when you could get your face in it a bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. When motion capture was more of a thing. Because celebrities just need, they need their faces. Involved. They need their faces shown. Or who the fuck do you know who they are? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this isn't some kind of Pixar shit. <laughs> My other fact uh, is that there was maybe going to be a third character that was a part of the team, and it was almost going to act like a Tamagotchi. Don't understand how this was going to work. You had some kind of Tamagotchi-style thing to look after. Um, But eventually, Naughty Dog just decided to concentrate on the two main kind of guys and scrapped the Tamagotchi idea. It's quite to get a trio, isn't there? Yeah, I can't... This was my thing. I ended up having to look for quite a few duos when I was trying to finding mm. examples and stuff because groups of friends tended to be a little bit harder unless you just like me just pick all races from a game well fortunately i put three in there wayne oh, pearl no. and george so i'm glad that we managed to get some kind of trio yeah they're not really your typical crime fighting trio but they're in there they love their socks and sandals yeah they do um but yeah that's that's the end of my number three for jack and daxter it's just a nice cool kind of typical game duo and i liked it it was a good game good yeah i definitely missed the train with it but i um i respect that <laughs> nice respect I'm glad. that choice glad i've won that respect back <laughs> um so my number two mm-hmm. is chloe frazier and nadine ross from the lost legacy which is the uncharted kind of dlc i say dlc it was a very standalone game yeah did you play this i, don't, I can't remember if you've played much uncharted so i haven't really played any uncharted ever okay. i am off that bandwagon who are you i don't know i don't know i guess get my bags and go now. i claim that i've played a lot of games but really no it's been a nice podcast <laughs> this is what ends it my lack of respect for nathan um, Drake. <laughs> but no it's fine it's fine so <laughs> the last word again is a little bit of a spin-off of uncharted <laughs> um it is, yeah, it's a bit of a spin-off. It was set between six months and a year after the main plot of Uncharted 4. In this time frame, um, Nadine Ross, she was like the secondary kind of antagonist in Uncharted 4. She's grouped up with one of the characters from Uncharted called Chloe. And so Nadine was head of this private Mercer and Group shoreline, but after it collapsed, she got really desperate for money. And Chloe was on her own kind of mission of her own to hunt for the tusk of Ganesh, which was um, in southern India, which was something to do with her father who um, unfortunately passed away and she was kind of chasing this sort of mission that he had before he died. And I think the reason why I picked these two was because they're quite an unlikely pair to have been put together. They Chloe is quite standoffish in herself anyway. She's quite sassy, sarcastic, kind of a little bit, seeming a bit cold-hearted. I love her. I'm not insulting her in any way. She's badass. And Nadine Ross is also cold-hearted sarcastic sassy so putting those two together was always going to be like potentially a recipe for disaster but it worked so well um i think because 
they although they start off sort of disliking each other sassing each other every which way which is really entertaining because they're both really funny um they gen like they genuinely sort of create this friendship after a while where they learn to respect each other and then later on they they show a lot of fondness for each other um but and then the one thing about them i like as well is they do contrast each other a lot nadine's quite like brute force like she'll like smash through a door to get through it whereas chloe will like lock pick through it um and it's just quite cool to see like their differences kind of come together their sassy ways come together um and just sort of create this this real friendship um and i think as well female friendships in games is lacking i don't know what you think about that i yeah i'd agree it was difficult to find any uh female duos around i can't really think of that many i can think of maybe two and they tend to be in games like that i haven't really played or dlcs i haven't played like this and then maybe uh the dlc of like uh the last of us with ellie Mm. oh yeah yeah, for sure yeah i think it's definitely something that's coming into its own now like there's definitely a lot more of those of those super friendships sort of showing in video games but i think initially like it was not something that you'd really see i feel like female friendships were a lot more like normally established already or just not really like a focus Mm. in anything and so I just, I just think it was really nice. And I just, I loved the fact that they basically hated each other at first. Like it was just really entertaining. And then to kind of watch this kind of evolve, you know, like there'd just be like one sassy remark where like Nadine would say something to Chloe that was basically quite insulting, but then like the other one would laugh. And it's like, you kind of like, you get to a point where you'd sort of, you'd see them become friends. And I think that was such like a raw thing to kind of watch and yeah. to be in a game. It's a bit more real. It's also something you see in like films and stuff a lot. But mm. like you said, it's not really something you get in games. Like you're kind of used to seeing the two friends or two people that hate each other at the start that have to work together and then kind of go on this yeah. this adventure together. And if it's in games, it tends to be very much, I don't know, probably more ma- male orientated yeah. than female. I can't really and think I, of many. Yeah, for sure. And I like the way that they came together as well because it wasn't just like a... Nadine Ross was like, oh, I'm going to go help Chloe on her mission because I'm being like a nice person. Like she was like running out of money and Chloe needed someone to help her. So she paid her. Like it was one of those things where it's like a circumstance, just a circumstantial thing, but they both needed something out of it. Um, So therefore, you know, they're not necessarily going to be that nice to each other because that's real life. Like they're just there for what they need to be there for. And to then have a friendship develop out of that is like a bonus. And I just, I just think it works so well. I think sometimes some games, it's all very mushy and unbelievable. But yeah. I think when you, you're able to watch it like that unfold, it just seems much more much more realistic. So it's a great yeah. game anyway, I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's it's definitely Nathan Drake and those kind of that series of, of games is definitely something Uncharted I've always wanted to get into. I just haven't yet. Like it's definitely on my list of stuff, especially that one because I know how much you liked it and now mm. talking about it now I'm very much like, Oh, this sounds cool. It's something I would definitely want to explore. Something feels a bit different. That. I will. I will. Uh, well, Christmas is coming up, so oh. if any time off, they've the Uncharted Collector's Edition with everything on it. There we go. If anyone yeah. wants to buy me a present, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can donate to our Patreon in the future, oh. and maybe you can help us out. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> I like it. Um, I've got a couple of facts, but they're more just... Oh, cool. Well, this this... This one is just random, which is, um, there's there's basically, they go to a few places and some nice, like, you know, forest areas and mountains. And, and Nadine has a real big soft spot for animals, which is really adorable. Um, she always gets really excited whenever you see, like, animals. She, uh, I remember there's one point where she sees, like, a grey langer monkeys. 
and get super excited and start supplying Chloe with trivial facts about most animals they come across, such as elephants, bats, and flamingos. And it reminded me of our friendship. I was going to say, this is just us, isn't it? This is us in the game. Yeah. This is just Nikki telling me animal like, facts. This is us. I was like, we're just going through the forest and it's like <laughs> Wikipedia is just coming at you. Yeah, that's what it's like being friends with Nikki, guys. Yeah. Um, there is one more fact, which is kind of relative to their friendship, which is Nadine refers to Chloe as Frasier for many scenes in The Lost Legacy, particularly in scenes where Chloe's died, which is shocking and a weird note to add there, hmm. um, until the end of the game, where it's finally near the end of the game, she does start referring to her as Chloe, um, which is cute, because yeah. obviously it's kind of like, instead of just calling her by a quite formal basis, she... Uh, yeah, which I just thought was cute. And a friendship fact. It's very hard to find friendship facts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely... And it's, like you said, it shows that kind of journey between them going closer throughout the game. Yeah. So, nice. if you want to see a sassy female friendship, play Lost Legacy. It's actually standalone, so you don't even have to play all of Uncharted. Like, you can buy the game as a separate entity, so... Oh, cool. I didn't know yeah, that. I thought maybe it was yeah. really connected, but... Nope. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. That's my number something. Uh, two? Probably. We're on two already? Yeah, um, that's yeah. my two. Yeah, so I'm on my two. Cool. Um, So my number two, I couldn't not put it in because it is one of my favourite friendships of all time, is uh, Commander Shepard and Erdnot Rex. I'm really glad you put this in. I didn't. So but I'm glad you did. This was another game where I was almost tempted to just put Commander Shepard and friends, mostly because... <laughs> Not for me. You. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for fear of Nikki, I didn't. But it wasn't, it was more because, not for me, but for other people. When you play Mass Effect, it's very much more you pick your own friend. You pick who is your favorite team or favorite group of people to have. And obviously, there are a few mixed in there. Like, I really like uh, Liara Tassoni and uh, obviously Garrison or not. But uh, like, Rex is my person who I always take with me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Even if he's not going to be particularly useful, he's coming with me. Um, I like the Krogans in general, the race that he is. Um, and the fact that you build up your friendship from the from the first game to the third one. Although you can uh, kill him in the first one. Or I think you can shoot him and he'll leave your party. And then I think yeah. he doesn't return until the DLC um, of the Citadel, our favorite DLC to talk about ever. Um, <laughs> he appears back in that one for some reason, but mostly if you keep him in your team, he's great. He's just fantastic. Um, for me, he's always the guy that is okay with do me doing whatever the hell I want. Like if I choose to punch the reporter in the face, he's like the only team member that doesn't frown upon that. He's like he supports it. Yeah, he's always like, yes, Shepard, this is what I want to see <laughs> from you. I want to see more violence. Um, and even when you're not violent he, and you support things and help out him and the Krogans and stuff like that he's just, he gives a lot and he's probably one of my favourite people in video games to talk to, you know when you just kind of have those games where you can sit and build relationships and have conversations with, you know, just everyone yeah. and anyone, he's one of these people who I would always go to after I'd done a mission like, some of the people you felt like you had to just because you were like, well, it's part of the game to build up the friendship, but he was someone who I would always just go to because it was just watching him and Shepard interact was always just fantastic and I definitely think, like, when you bump into him in, like, later games and stuff um, or see him at any point, like you just get a warm feeling in your stomach because you're like oh it's Rex like yeah. it just makes you happy the way I look at it as well like I I think I had Grunt in one of our 
top five female companions. And I think about it, like, I would always call, like, Grunt, like, he's, like, my Krogan son. But I feel like Erdnot Rex is, like, your Krogan dad. Yeah, definitely. Like, I do really like Grunt, and he was good to kind of have as that, like, alternative when you don't have Rex with you. Um, But, yeah, I think it was, like, the friendship that you had with Rex was just, like you said, it's less son-like and more just, like, guy that you'd go down pub with and shoot things. Because he'd enjoy that. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it for him. I did find a couple of facts a little bit related to Rex. Um, it's not just me that loves Rex. Uh, he is the favourite character of the lead designer, uh, Preston Wetermanic. Uh, he's his favourite as well. And several others. I think he, he got a lot of praise from a lot of game cricket critics at the time um, for being their favourite character because he's just fantastic. Um Krogans in general, uh, something about them was that their faces were inspired from bats. Oh. And they used to have their eyes on like the side of their head, but they kind of moved I, them yeah, more forward. I kind of see that. Yeah. And I think there's a mix of some rhino in there as well for their like armoring. Rhino bats. And their exoskeleton kind of kind of ways. But yeah, bat faces. And I like bats, I think they're pretty cute, so this is probably why I like Krogan so much. And my last fact is that one of the first things that Rex will suggest when confronted by a problem is to eat the individual responsible. Yes. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And I remember him saying this a lot. Be like, we could just eat him. I'm like, really, Rex? <laughs> I mean, this is this is why we bring you to these meetings. <laughs> this is the kind of person I'd have on my team just to suggest these things. Krogans are just great. Like, I'll always love a Krogan mm. that doesn't try and eat me. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Krogan's are my favourite Mass Effect alien, um, and Rex is probably the best of them. Alongside Grunt. Alongside Grunt, yeah. Rex and Grunt are also great together. They are. So good. Yeah. They complement each other. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. Um, but that's a good one. Yeah, that's like my it. number two. Awesome. We're on to number one. We are. Fan a speedy, speedy episode. Mm-hmm. Right. So, my number one might be a crossover. Da, da, da. And that's Lee and Clementine from The Walking Dead. Oh, it's not. It's not a crossover. But I like it. Ooh. I did think about it. I know guys. we've spoken a lot about The Walking Dead, but I don't care. I knew I was going to have to put someone up top on here yeah. um, that has been mentioned a lot, and I thought I would go with these two. It's a good plan. So, I mean, I've already mentioned Lee, Mass yeah. Effect, so we're yeah. already into we're all, it. We're always, there's always going to be them in there, like. <laughs> If, if, it, if it's talking about top something, like it's obviously always going to be some of our favourite ever games are obviously going to be in there, which we've already spoken about. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't played The Walking Dead, the Telltale series, uh, Lee Everett is a survivor. He basically comes across a young girl called Clementine. Clementine? Clementine? I think it? Clementine, but oh, I think we would say Clementine. Well, it doesn't. I'll just switch between the two. All right. Um, she was left in the care of a babysitter with her parents when they were out of town at the start of the apocalypse. And Lee basically finds her when he suddenly realises that all the shit has gone down. Um, so he tries to help her at first and find her parents and everything. And basically, that doesn't, you know, go that well. So he basically sort of takes her under his wing um, and teaches her how to survive, becomes a bit of a father figure and, and things like that. And, and I think... One of the reasons why I picked these two is just because alongside some of my other picks, they're really adorable and you get to see their friendship 
evolve and the way that he does basically become her dad. I did write here, Lee was like her dad, but not in a creepy way. That's my note. <laughs> Always with the not in a creepy way, making it ten <laughs> yeah, times more creepy. In the game, I did find a lot of the time that people were being like, oh, are you not her dad? And you're like, no. And they're like, oh. I guess, yeah. It, it's probably <laughs> weird to be like just hanging out with a, a small girl, but... Yeah, it's, people it's like judge said. it. Yeah, done in a... When you see them together and the way they interact, you know it's just really wholesome. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, if you were anyone and you came across, like, a 10-year-old girl in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, like, living in a treehouse who's adorable, you would just be like, okay, I'm going to protect you with my life. Yeah. Because exactly. that's what I would do. I think good and people would. I think... Yeah, you'd hope so. Mm. Um, So I think that's why it's good, because I think in a lot of ways... Lee is kind of a bit of a plain character in himself. Not in a mean way, Lee, but like a bit of a plain character so that, you know, you almost will see through Lee's eyes and be Lee in the way that you go, oh shit, this girl is in danger. Like I need to protect her. So therefore you kind of become Lee in that way and all you want to do is is make sure she's okay. Um, and the way that he teaches her as well, like it really, it does help her in time. Yeah. In later installments. Like he really teaches her the ways of the world and i did read something here as well which kind of summed up what i was just trying to say which is that lee by himself without clementine is just really just some dude trying to stay alive um but the fact that he takes clementine under his wing makes him very sympathetic to the player so and many other characters as well have very close bonds with other survivors but they're all normally related whereas everett he you know doesn't really have any reason to look after anyone but obviously when it comes to Clementine, like he suddenly has this motive in life and this thing to protect. And I think therefore it was important for the game, but also really nice to kind of be able to observe as a friendship. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, because I think looking after Clementine drives you to do a lot of stuff that maybe you wouldn't do. Like some of the, because there's an option in there to steal at some point. Mm. and I think I remember thinking like well if it was just him by himself you probably wouldn't because you try and be like a better person but because you know you have to look after Clementine kind of makes you do stuff that kind of forces your hand a little bit which is really interesting I feel like there's a parallel universe in the Walking Dead Telltale game where (laughs) Lee went into the house and she was all like please look after me I'm a young girl and he was just like nope and then like just goes (laughs) off and just survives by himself and we just follow Lee never it just living his best survival life yeah just a bit of an asshole because some of the (laughs) things that happen around him and some of the decisions he ends up making you could be like god this is like the worst character video in history also can we never talk about my impression of clementine there i mean i loved it (laughs) it's gonna get brought up at every clip episode we ever do congratulations um i was just trying to make a point yeah like but yeah it is it is true like without clementine you don't have anyone to look after. And I think there's often this this kind of plot in a zombie apocalypse where there is a young, small person to protect or something mm. and you kind of take on that role of looking after them. And it's I think it, obviously it's quite probably a popular trope in that way, but it just really works to Telltale. And watching the interactions between them as well, it's just, a, it's just sweet. It's just so lovely. And, and their relationship is just so... It's, as I said before with some of them, like it's just quite innocent. It is innocent. It's not weird. It's just cute. It is. I'm nice. not emphasizing it. No, it's I just know. cute. It's fine. It's fine. 
Um, yeah, no, it is. It's it's definitely got that. Like you said, there's probably quite a classic thing in there. Like when you talk about things like um, Alien and we're talking about Ripley and uh, Newt and stuff, but it works really well for Telltale in this in this situation. Yeah, and they do it very very well. And and Clementine is just. She doesn't annoy me, which is great, because I feel like if there was a character, like a young person to look after, and they annoyed me, not saying that I wouldn't look after them, but it would be much harder. So luckily, she's cool. Yeah, I know what you mean. You would be a little bit more like, oh, do I really want to help this this thing out? Like this child? Like, yes, like Duck. Oh, dear. Like Duck. So like, well, you're a bit sad when things happen to them, but not that bad. Whereas Clementine, like you said, you actually really felt for and you knew that she was trying to like follow yeah. all the rules and I don't know she was just good and not annoying and you like I wouldn't kind leave of her at the wayside yeah exactly um yeah <laughs> just think about the horrible things you did to me to duck. I saved duck in the beginning um and things went down then I regretted duck, it but he just didn't do well for himself at least Clementine no. was like quite good when it came to survival stuff but duck was just like nightmare i don't know yeah i'm with you i'm with you um i've only got one fact and that's apparently in early game development the player would um play as clementine's brother and not lee yeah but the idea was scrapped and the brother character was replaced with lee so which i don't think would have worked because i think with a brother it would have been like an innate thing to protect her and to look after her Whereas yeah. when you're Lee, you almost feel like you have a choice, even though you probably don't really, because the game is going to send you in that way. But I mean, if you wanted to, you could probably really mean to Clementine, to be honest. I wouldn't do, because that's like punching a puppy in the face. I would never be mean to Clementine, but you probably could be. Yeah. But I feel like you do have more of a choice with Lee. Like, I'm choosing to take care of this girl. Definitely. It puts like way more emphasis on Lee as a person and stuff. Like you said, if it was just your brother, you'd they'd be like, well, you kind of have to. Like, that's just your oh. duty of care almost. Whereas... You know, he doesn't know her at all before yeah. he finds her. So it's literally just the kindness that makes him take her with you. Yeah, and I think if you watch any interaction on YouTube or in the game or anything of, like, Lee and Clementine, you just... I mean, the voice actors did an amazing job. Like, you can just hear the kind of cute chemistry they have, like, almost like the paternal daughter-father mm. chemistry thing going on. It's just... They're just lovely. Just nice. Little, it's a nice little one. pair. So that's yeah. my number one. Nice. I like it. That's a really good number one. And some a one I did think of but didn't go for in the end. Um I think they were my honourable mentions, but mm. yeah, nice one. Um so I'm probably gonna follow a kind of similar pattern to you on your number one, where it's definitely a game that we've spoken about before, but I think it's worth speaking about in this term. Um and my number one is Banjo and Kazooie. Okay, not really not what I thought you were gonna say. I oh, gonna really? Say. I thought you were going to say Ellie and Joel from The Last of Us. So now the reason I didn't pick Ellie and Joel and I don't know about you was that that never felt like a friendship and it definitely felt more like father-daughter. Even Mm. though that is a friendship there, it definitely felt more like they never really like each other but they definitely want to look after each other. Right. And it was that kind of level of of relationship rather than friendship. Okay. That's my reasoning anyway. Don't know about you. Um, It was mostly because we've done it to death. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but, that's also um, that. So again, it was very trying... yeah, very similar to Lee and, and Clementine. But I went with them. I think so I thought it was a bit more of like a, uh, I don't know, like a pure yeah. friendship. They have more moments, I think, than Ellie and Joel. Yeah. Really, 
Um, Sorry, your top one, Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. So yeah, again, like we've spoken about them before, so I won't talk too much about the game as a whole, but mostly just focus on the bear and the bird. Um, again, kind of like what we were saying for Jack and Daxter, they're very classic tropes of you have big dumb Banjo who is adorable but just a bit of a just a bit simple, bless him. Uh, and then Kazooie, which is kind of the I don't know bossy bird lady who just lives on your back. Um, I think it's such a Strange pairing to have a bird and a bear. Not really something you would have thought. Um, but I think yeah. they work so well and go together so seamlessly that before you kind of realise that she just lives in his backpack and they are actually separate, you kind of think they are just one weird hybrid creature. You know what I mean? Like, what is this weird gross bear thing with a bird growing around his back that I'm looking at? But actually, they're two separate little creatures. Yeah, it would, it would have been quite dark, really, if you put some reality to Banjo and Kazooie, because... Put some Banjo would definitely that. have eaten Kazooie. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Although I don't know, Kazooie's pretty intense as a as a character. I think this is kind of a thing, like, Kazooie gets really wound up about things and she's quite aggressive, bossy character. And then you've kind of got the bear Banjo, who's very laid back and very much like, eh, it's cool, we're just going to do whatever, whatever we need to. And in that sense, they really balance each other out and I think they're really good for each other, even though it's quite a simple friendship and you cannot read into anything they say um you also can a little bit read into their relationship which i think is nice um and then they go across like a few games and stuff so you can kind of tell that they they like being together i mean i'd hope so that or banjo has just stolen a bird and put it in his backpack and is keeping it hostage i mean i don't really see see this is my thing you'd think that banjo would be in charge but i always see kazooie being more in charge yeah, actually, to be fair, like I kind of see her popping out and just pecking the shit out of him. Yeah, right. Just to piss him off. She's aggressive as shit, but I love her. <laughs> um, I think they, that's the thing. They kind of improve each other and they, the you know, when you, down to even their gameplay mechanics of how you kind of use each other to do moves and stuff like that is always quite sweet. Like yeah. the stuff that Kazooie helps Banjo do, but also Banjo helps, you know, cart around Kazooie because she probably wouldn't be very good by herself. Um and I kind of like that, that that it's kind of ingrained even into the game mechanics and stuff themselves. Um, there's not really much I had else to say about them other than they're just my favourite kind of couple or, you know, friendship that they have. It's just her and him being... They just always seem quite wholesome. And I didn't ever know that Kazooie was female. Oh, did you not? There is some lines in there that no. talk about her. It's like They kind of give her female pronouns of like her and she and stuff okay um yeah i just had no idea yeah i just saw i like that kind of that they're a little bit that platonic weird friendship that they have mm. with him being a weird it's bear cute. man awesome um, not what i expected not yeah i didn't good. it was difficult because there was so many other kind of duos or friendships that i thought about including but I think this is kind of my classic one. And it was also like my first introduction to kind of having a, a pair of you and feeling a little bit safer because you've got one or the other with you. And just yeah. having a sassy bird friend. I would like a sassy <laughs> bird friend. You know what I mean? I can like try. Just, to, just to stand up every so often. You're my closest thing to a sassy bird friend, to be fair. And I'm your... Thank you. I don't know whether that's insulting dumb bear now friend. I think Or insulting to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't really have that many facts other than the ones we've probably already mentioned before. So if you want to hear those, you can go check out our episode about the N64. 
Um, but my yeah. one fact about Banjo was that Banjo didn't originally appear in Banjo and Kazooie. He first appeared in a non-Banjo title. Uh, he could be found in uh, Diddy Kong Racing. And oh. the, he's in one of the characters as a playable person. I think so is TikTok. So is Conker from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Um, and he's a, like a playable option to pick. He also is probably like one of the heaviest or something like that I read. But he also had voice acting in that game rather than his typical voice that I know you hate. The little... Oh, I don't mind it too much. Noise. It's all right. He actually says, I'm Banjo, which apparently is in a Texan accent. So Banjo is a Texan I bear. can't. I think I'll avoid that game forever. <laughs> Not that like I don't like the Texan accent, but it's more... <laughs> it's more the fact that I don't want Pancho speaking like that, like with the actual voice. I kind of just prefer the the the, the noises. silent glob noise. Yeah, I yeah. I kind of thought the same thing, but I just like the fact that we know at some point he's a Texan, who would True. naturally probably eat the bird. But you know, yeah. But you know, then that's the best kind of friendships when you decide not to eat the other one. Yeah, something that Erd not Rex would not be approving of. Exactly. It's a it's a good uh motto in life yeah <laughs> friends are people you wouldn't eat i like it yeah. i like that's how we're going to close this episode <laughs> this <laughs> well is let's what go learned. on to some honorable mentions yes let's go for those what do you have so i have an honorable mention which is something that i i'm sad that i didn't include but there was no way that i was going to include two titles in one list i was going to put in nathan drake and sullivan sully I did think you would have these guys, mm. to be fair. Um, I Yeah, I knew I had to pick between Chloe and Nadine and Sully and Nate. But I, for me, I thought that Nadine and Chloe's like friendship was more kind of... I don't know what the word is, really. A little bit more socially important in regards to the fact that I don't think you've ever really seen many female friendships like that mm. in a video game. And I think it struck me as something that was more unique. Whereas obviously like they're, you know, Sully and Nate are amazing and I love them and they were going to be in that list. But I just thought, for me, I just think that, that Chloe and Nadine just really had to take take that spot. I feel like I had a lot to say yeah, about those two. Um, and my other one is Jodie from Beyond Two Souls and her friendship with... Not only Cole, but the character whose name I cannot remember because I didn't write it down, but Willem Dafoe. Oh, the Doctor. Yeah, like the Doctor and Cole. Originally it was just going to be Cole because I thought her and Cole's relationship was really sweet. Um, the way that she grew up and they kind of looked after her. And then I was like, actually, the relationship you have with the character of Willem Dafoe, because we're just going to assume that he doesn't have a character name right now, uh, was also quite sweet. Um, but that just, to me, wasn't strong enough. Everything kind of beat it i was also going to have chloe and rachel amber but mm -hmm. i felt like from from life is strange but i felt like there was a bit too much of a romantic element yeah there and i wanted to kind of avoid that my last friendship was one for me that dates back to when i first started playing games um well a bit a little bit later on because it was actually an emulator that i played it on was the game pocky and rocky which Aww. is uh about a little girl and her raccoon um, and I was going to include that, but then I realised kind of I couldn't justify the friendship as well as the other ones I put in the list. So yeah. that's all my mentions. I like them. Some good mentions. Not yes. my expected mentions either. Um, my ones, I've gone with um, the Final Fantasy Fifteen crew, their friendship, the boys you drive around in with 
Although they're like, I didn't eventually go with them because I thought they're kind of a little bit mandated to look after you. Um, But there is a friendship there between uh, all four of you in different ways and different relationships. And I thought that was kind of a nice one. I was going to put Noctis and Ignis and then mm. potentially talk about the Shocker Bros as well. Um, but yeah, I, f- I forgot to put that in my mentions, but that's a good one to mention. Uh, I've gone with Sonic and Tails, although I know okay. everyone finds Tails supremely annoying. But, <laughs> you know, there is a friendship there. They do look after each other and they're kind of the, the classic duo that appeared around, you know, the early times. Mm. Um, we've got Master Chief and Cortana. Um, their relationship is a little bit like there is a half romantic element which I didn't know like talk about um, which is probably why I didn't mention them but also I know it's not really so it's kind of confusing to talk about them for that one but they do have a really interesting relationship and they are quite an interesting character um, I've got Toe Jam and Earl because I thought they were Ooh, classic classic like old it. friends and my final one is Stardew Valley Farmer and Pam <laughs> See, I feel like this is subjective because I have a shit relationship with Pam. See, this is exactly why I didn't mention it. And this would have ended up being another one of my ones where it was like Stardew Valley Farmer and members of Pelican Town. And I don't think I would have accepted it. I would have thrown my mic on the floor. Exactly. Uh, There were many that I was trying to push the boundary on here. Tell me more about Pam. Pam for me is my favourite. And I have discussions about Pam with many other Stardew Valley players because some of them hate Pam. Some of them, you know, she's the alcoholic that drives the bus. She's, <laughs> she's a, a drunk. You can buy her her house, which I found out was really interesting. Um, yeah, have you done it yet? Because she's an ungrateful bitch. <laughs> I have, but I don't know. I thought she was fine with it. Mostly because me and Pam are great. I'm happy yeah, with the I, way that I am with Pam. I, like, I said to her, I was like, look, I bought you this house. It was me. And she was just like, how dare you buy me this house? And I was like, I can't win. I yeah. can't win. I mean... To be fair, I always think, like, for me, whenever you give Pam stuff, she's always the most grateful to get stuff. Bearing in mind it is alcohol. I'm probably just feeding the addiction here. And there's many things we could talk about on that one. But, you know, she just... Everyone else, when you give them gifts, is a little bit like, oh, that's great, thanks. She's, like, the most ecstatic to get all the gifts. Okay. She's also not... To be fair, she's not even my best friend. I'm best friends with the wizard, but the wizard hates me, so I couldn't put him in. <laughs> I feel like we need a whole episode on Stardew Valley, to be honest. Soon. We really could. If you've ever watched some of our streams of Stardew Valley, um, we always there's Stardew Valley gossip that yeah. a great friend of ours provides, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, but I I appreciate that pick. I don't have that friendship with Pam, but Stardew Valley is a good place for friendship. So yeah, you can choose your own friendship in that one. Yeah, you can choose your own friendship in many games, and I've, that's what I've tried to point out on my list. It might annoy Nikki, but I don't care. That's the, our, that's our level of friendship. Yeah, we're going strong. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of the end of our list. This was a it is a quick run through, but I think friendships and our first year anniversary episode is just us heading a new direction of game till five. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded really like enthusiastic then, like I was going to say something. You did. That's why there was I a big didn't. pause. No, that was that was all you had. That was that was it. Sorry, I've reached the end now. I'm I start to deteriorate. Yeah, it's fair. We all do. We all do. My sick brain is kind of kicking in now. <laughs> um, oh. if you have enjoyed what you've heard today, you can always hear more on all the various episodes. Um, you can also follow what we have to say at Twitter at Game Till Five. 
uh, or on Instagram for the same one at Game Till Five. You can follow Nikki individually at what Nikki? Uh, Elite Cat with two E's. And on uh, Instagram. Yeah. And do we have anything else? Yeah, we do. <laughs> what do we got? We have a Discord if you want to come join it. It's a bit quiet at the moment, but that's because we're rubbish. But if you want to come talk to us, you can always come in there. Uh, if you want to talk about any top fives that you would have or you want to call our top five shit, you can do that too. Um, please also leave us a Apple Podcast review because we need more of them. We yeah. will read them out when we get them. So well, if you do that, then we'll read it out, whatever it may be. And I think that's about it, really. Oh, we've got a YouTube channel as well, which we're trying to upload stream. So we haven't been streaming as much lately because we've been back on the, the usual podcast route. But, but I'm going to be streaming a lot more over the festive period. So definitely subscribe to that so you can catch any things that we do. And on our Twitch as well, at Game Till 5 and mine, which is Elite Cat. And I think yeah. that's about it. That's, that's the stream of info that you get at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, and keep an eye out for any news on our new Patreon. Awesome. Done. Well, this has been lovely. This has been great. This is a testament to our friendship. Um, I'm going to put some trumpet sounds in now. That's the end of our year episode. I thought there was going to be trumpets. No, I'm going to have to put that in post. Okay. <laughs>